friends. Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. Today is an amazing day because I have a friend that's going to talk about Jesus. And the best part about her is the fact that she's absolutely, to me anyway, drop dead gorgeous. She looks like a rock star Barbie doll model. And I love her because her heart is so full of love, compassion. And I'm going to tell you more about my friend, Roxanne Grace. From addiction to abuse to the adult entertainment industry, Roxanne was on a destructive path until she had a radical encounter with God in her early 20s that changed her life. And Roxanne Grace has been on fire ever since. Roxanne, hey girl. Hey, hey girl. girl. Roxanne. I know people tease you about that, right? That song. All my life I've ever heard that song. All my life. Oh I'm so my glad gosh. that new song came out with my name in it. You know what though? That song is so like iconic because when you think about it, that man, of course we know, Sting, was singing to this lady that was just stuck. And he let her know that you don't have to sell yourself anymore, which mm. makes my heart full of joy. I feel like that's the love that both of us encountered. Can you tell us more about yourself and tell me how this all started? Tell our audience how it all started with you entering the sex industry. Oh my gosh, girl. Uh, I know that you and I love to talk, so I'm going to try to shorten, maybe be like a short version. Um, just kind of to give you, yeah, just some history, you know, before I got involved in that, I mean, as a, because it'll, it'll kind of all tie, tie together when we talk a little bit after. Um, but before I got into that, when I was a kid, I was radically in love with Jesus, just the way I am now. And it was like a, a supernatural faith because my parents, you know, they, they taught me a great foundation of the Lord, but it was not the healthiest environment that I was raised in. Um, and, uh, but I had this like supernatural relationship with God. It didn't, it didn't make a sense. I wasn't like around it all the time. And so I was an evangelist as a kid and God would meet with me and I would evangelize my, my school, my neighborhood. It was, it was awesome. Uh, my dad though was, you know, he was a womanizer. First I want to say this. I feel like my dad did his best with his revelation of love that he had. And so I'm not trying to like demonize him in any way or, or put him down, you know, um, right. but he was a, he was a womanizer, um, which I'm not condoning in any way, you know, it was awful, but, and he was, you know, a severe alcoholic and had addictions of different forms or whatnot. And so my, I have a twin sister and my dad often would just verbally abuse my twin sister and myself. So here on one you know side of the coin, I'm in love with Jesus. Like God met with me in amazing ways. Um, but then I was a hurting little girl. And my dad also, you know, often had, you know, modeling schools and publications and whatnot. So he always had beautiful women around. And unfortunately, my dad um, would, wouldn't would speak into the value of a woman as to like who I was as a person, as a whole. You know, he was always saying things like to my, my twin sister and myself, like, when you're older and you enter the room, like you need to be the one that turns the heads, heads of everyone in the room or in the building that you enter or whatnot. And then just seeing all these gorgeous, hot girls around because he always had like kind of more inappropriate style uh, modeling schools going on. Um, and I just thought as a young girl, I'm like, oh, that's what I want to be. I thought that is a woman. That's what a woman should look like. I thought that is the value of a woman, unfortunately. And so you know, love Jesus, radically on fire, but then kind of confused about my identity as to who I am. And so my parents, you know, one day when we were 13 years old, 
kind of cutting it short here. Uh, my parent, my mom was like, she didn't want to see, you know, her, our father uh, continue to verbally abuse my sister and myself. So she decided to end the, the relationship and left my dad. So at that point, again, I was on fire for the Lord. I was 13. Actually, at the beginning of, of 13, I got baptized. I attend, I was attending, my sister and I were attending a Baptist church alone without our parents. And uh, I, yeah, and I remember the, the pastor that was baptizing me at the beginning of 13 years old, um, the Holy Spirit just came into this, this, this church. They weren't practicing in spirit, you know, the gifts of the spirit. Uh, they just, they weren't, they wouldn't move like that. Like it's not, it wasn't a normal thing occurrence in this, in this church. And the Holy Spirit came and my, my pastor started prophesying over me, like just the Lord showing him what's to come in my life and how he's going to use me mightily. Then sure enough, toward the end of that year, my 14th year, I was 13 years old. Um, when my parents separated, I decided I wanted to rebel against everything that my dad stood for. And so in my heart, I didn't want to leave the Lord, but my choices did. And so, you know, the Bible says that rebellion is as witchcraft. It's the same as witchcraft. And so as a young girl, you don't know how to deal with those emotions, that bitterness, that anger, you know, that hurt, that rejection and whatnot inside. But unfortunately, like, I just... I just wanted to do it all. And I started doing it all at, you know, at 13 years old. And so, uh, by the time I was around 16 years old, um, first at 15, I started dating this guy. He became a drug dealer. He became addicted to crack. Uh, and it just, it was not a healthy relationship. It was constantly abusing me, you know? So here at this point, my dad was verbally abusive to my twin and myself. No, you're going to say something. I was going to ask you, how old was that guy? No, he was, he was maybe two years older than me. We were about the same age. Yeah. So he wasn't an older man. Um, so yeah. So then it was an extremely abusive relationship and I'm not going to go into a lot of details here, but it was very, very, it was terrible. I mean, how did you know it was, what were your, I mean, even when you're young like that, how do you define abusive? Because. Well, I knew, you know, and the unfortunate thing is, is that, I mean, it can happen at any age, but sometimes when you, you don't know who you are and you don't know your identity it's like you kind of just compromise your values. You kind of compromise, uh, you know, your beliefs and what you would stand for. But I didn't really have a lot of that at this point because I was kind of just, just kind of going with the flow, you know? Um, and so when the first time he abused me, he like started pushing me around in a hotel at a hotel party. Um, and started spitting on me, like horking on me and just because a guy waved at me or because a guy blew a kiss at me that I didn't, I didn't have any dealings with this dude, you know, and, and I should have looked at that thinking, Oh my goodness, this is a terrible sign as to where our relationship is headed. But my heart was in it. You know how it is. Your heart's connected. Mm-hmm. Like I love this guy, you know? And, um, so I stayed in you that relationship. Please him. I wanted, I honestly, I would have done anything for this guy. I was absolutely in love with him. The the connection was so strong that even when I was sick, like if I had a cold or a flu or something, I just felt like I just need to be with him. Like he essentially was everything. He was like my God, you know what I mean? And so I played with him and it got to the point where my neighbors would hear me screaming at night. You know, my mom and I had an apartment together, but she was often, she'd stay with her boyfriend. So my boyfriend would kind of live with me in my apartment. And uh, he would just, you know, bang my head and cement walls and constantly like, oh my just, gosh. It, was, it was awful girl. Like just, I won't go into details oh. right now, but it was five years on and off of this terrible relationship. Wow. And so I, I had this house of refuge that sometimes I would go to. It was a close, uh, there, this family that was close to, with our family to get away from my boyfriend when he would just get too riled up. And so I remember one evening, you know, he got, 
he got too riled up and he started writing all over the TVs and the walls and like, you know, F the world and all these things and abusing me. And I remember I left and I just was so happy to be at this, this house, just finding peace and refuge. And unfortunately the next morning I woke up um, to the man of that house uh, sexually abusing me. And so this was a, a man, I didn't have a lot of males in my life that I trusted. You know, at this point I didn't have any connections with my father you know, we, we distanced ourselves from him, you know, this boy, th- this guy that I was dating, he wasn't, you know, good to me. And, you know, again, anyways, we, you know, both of us, we weren't healthy in this relationship. I'm not trying to put all on him, I'm just sharing my experiences. Um, uh, but I just, I, I, you know, I want to say this too, like at this point, I'm a, I'm a teenage girl. I think I was about 16 years old and this gentleman was sexually abusing me. Um, and I could have called out, you know, there was other people in the house and I could have called out to somebody and said, help me, you know, but isn't it true that we don't know how to respond in these type of situations? We, no, we don't want to shame that person you, or we you, feel you're, or we, you're absolutely you know. right. I, it happened to me. I know exactly what you, as before the sex industry. Yes, I, I had it happen to me. I got raped and I, I didn't know how to respond. You didn't know how to respond. One of my sister's, uh, boyfriend's friends came over and they were drinking and he spent the night and I woke up with him on top of me with no mm-hmm. intention to ever sleep with him. And I didn't know what to do. I just laid there like, what do right. I do? Yeah. Right. It, it was yeah. terrible. Exactly. It's exactly like that. And so many people can understand, you know, our experience and how we felt at that time. And so you kind of feel like you lose your voice because like I said, you don't want to shame that person. You don't want to shame yourself. You don't, you want life to be normal. You don't know how to deal with it. Um, and so I didn't say anything for a while. And I remember at this point, like I truly was a hurting little girl. You know, I'm a teenager, was abused by my dad in ways, abused by my, my current boyfriend. Uh, at the time, I was being abused by this this man that I trusted, this, you know, this family. Um, and I just, you know, isn't it funny that oftentimes we want to run to the very things that have hurt us? And so inside, because, you know, when I was being raised, you know, my dad made it look like or seem like that the value, you can find value in yourself and you can feel fulfilled if people are, you know, noticing you or checking you out right. or whatnot. So, right. you know, the, the addict will maybe run to the next fix. The, the alcoholic will run to, you know, the bottle. But for me, I wanted to run to the attention from men. And so I ended up, uh, you know, around 16 years old, I might've been just seven, you know, about 17 or just shy of 17. Um, I got into the adult entertainment industry and you and I both know that like as with any kind of sin or any kind of sinful lifestyle, that things become not enough very quickly. And so, you know, I was in it until my early 20s, um, but I, you know, you start out just as a dancer and then you sometimes you want to get do more like into shows or whatnot. And then for myself, go for yeah, it. I want to know what introduced you. Like, was there a particular person? Did you have friends that were doing it? Was it like a gradual, like slippery slope where you just kind of, well, let me try this because I see they're making a lot of money. Mm. You know what? It's funny. The money part was an ex- a huge lure once I realized mm. how much I could make doing it. The, the crazy thing is, is for myself, it literally was, I just wanted more attention from men. I was hurting that bad. I thought if only people just noticed me, men noticed me more. I know it sounds ridiculous, but if you lived in my world, no, it doesn't. It, <laughs> 
It's like most people are like, oh, I want money or, you know. This Look at Instagram. Me. We have a bunch of women that uh, want attention 24 flipping seven. Absolutely. Okay. So, Absolutely. yeah, they're just doing no, the same actually, thing. <laughs> I praise God Instagram wasn't around yet at that time. because. Oh, my I, gosh. Uh, girl, girl, I'd, I'd have been the queen. I'd have been like, I would have had a couple million followers by now. I, I swear um, if I was young like, and I was in the life. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank Working God all that. Boom. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Thank you, Lord. Um, but so, yeah, so I, for myself, I just wanted more attention. And, you know, here's one thing, too, is that when I entered into the first time walking into the club, you know, the first club that I, I worked at, I remember going up to the DJ booth and he's like, so what do you want your name to be? You know, what do you want your song to be? And then the girls started showing me you could choose whatever outfits you want to wear. And I discovered that I can literally become whoever I wanted to become. I can be. Right. I can push it's aside like that pretty little girl. Absolutely, an I was alter. Exactly. So, who is. did you pick? Did you pick a name? Because I had several names, but what was your name? I had, I had several names too. At the beginning, I had a name that I don't want to share it because it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know, Ooh. when you first start. But, uh, but then I just chose just a regular name. And so I chose the name uh, Alyssa. And so I was Alyssa for years. And so I was able to hide, you know, push hurting Roxanne aside. And then yeah. I could just Alyssa and ignore that pain. That's you right. Know? You step on, you step on Roxanne with Alyssa. Alyssa's in power now. Alyssa was empowered. Alyssa could be who she wants to be. No one, no one knew what was going on in this heart. You know, so when mm. I got on stage, like I, I had control in Alyssa, you know, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And so then, um, you know, like I said, I got in, involved in, in, you know, wanted to do more, started doing shows. And then I, um, you know, started doing some modeling for male magazines and then, you know, started dabbling a bit in porn and things. And I remember there was one point that I was in Toronto, Ontario in Canada, and I was doing a promotion for a magazine. And I went into the craziest, I'm kind of really shortening it here. <laughs> I went to the craziest panic attack, anxiety attack. And anyone that's watching that's wow. experiencing anxiety knows that it can yes. be really scary. And yes. I just, my, I felt like my world, my life was crumbling. Like I was, no one knows that behind the scenes, even though, you know, I'm a young girl having a lot of attention, making lots of money. I'm in magazines, you know, people in, around me like knew who I was, you know, most people looking and be like, Oh man, you got it going on girl. You know, but at the end of the day, at the end of the party, when I would go home at night, I would struggle with so much fear, mainly fear of myself, mainly fear of my own thoughts. To the point there would be times sometimes I would hold myself against my couch in my apartment. So I wouldn't go to the kitchen to cut myself. And I just remember struggling oh, wow. with so much fear day to day, just trying to cope thinking like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. So when I was, you know, in Toronto doing this, this promotion and I had this uh, e extreme panic attack, I literally felt like that was when everything just came crashing down. Like it was already in the process. I was struggling with depression off and on and crazy amounts of fear and whatnot, but that was the moment everything kind of just crumbled for me. Mm -hmm. And so I knew inside that God was able you know, because of that relationship I had with him when I was a kid. And uh, so I remember, I'm, I'm going on and on here. Is it okay to keep going? <laughs> no, you can keep going. I, I I love this part. This is the best part. <laughs> this is the best part. This is the best part. Oh my God, right now. Excites me because there is life beyond that dark cloud. There is life, you know? And so I remember, uh, I, I asked my mother and I said, could you help me find a church that believes the Bible? Could you help me find a church that believes that God can heal me? Because I, I've done it all. Like you, Annie, I've done it all. You know, 
I, after my boyfriend and I, at the, when I was younger, broke up, you know, I dated lots of guys, you know, I've done the drugs, I've, you know, done the addictions, I've done lots, tried, like, I mean, pretty much everything you can think of, I've probably done. I'm like, I fixed my choker here. And, um, and I just knew that there was nothing this world had to offer me. So I asked him, mom, I said, please find a church. And so she found one after about two weeks, because she wasn't attending church at the time either. And I remember when I walked into that sanctuary, and I sat down um, on the pew. And I just remember if anyone that's watching has experienced this, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. I just remember feeling the embrace of the father's love and his comfort mm. and his acceptance and his inclusion so and just, just the safety yeah. in his arms. And I remember thinking I'm home. Like this is where I belong. I don't want that stuff anymore. I was desperate for that love from the father. Cause I truly, I was longing for it all along. That's why I even started in the industry because I was longing for the father's love. And maybe right. I didn't find it in my own father, but I found it in the heavenly father. Right. And so he, he's just so good. And so I, you know, I'm like you, Annie, I have a really radical personality. <laughs> and so when I'm in the world, I, when I'm in the world, I'm all in. And so when I'm with, when I was like making a choice to follow God, I was all in and, yeah. and God, changed my life changed my life gave me life and healed my body physically i didn't you know i had a really bad ulcer when i got saved and i didn't even ask him to and he healed my body and he healed my mind and he's healed my heart and uh he's just he's so good and and it's been over 15 years and i'm still absolutely in love and on fire for him i feel indebted to him he saved my life truly you know what your your walk with jesus has gotten i mean it's it was on fire when i first met you like, and I want to share with everyone how I met Roxanne. Did I meet you through Bionhead Welch? Is that how we met? Uh, no, I, no, we, or, or Ryan uh, Reese. Both are friends with, with Brian, but that's not how we met. No, I actually think if my memory, like, says so right. <laughs> See, this is going to age us, girl. I actually think that we met on uh, MySpace. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we met on MySpace because we related to each other, you know. And yeah, so and you I came to Vegas and you were like, I want to yeah. do an outreach. I was like, let's do it. And that was such a fun night. I couldn't believe like, because back then there was no one and hear me, everyone that's watching and listening. There was no one that I knew. I, all my friends from the sex industry that uh, that that found God and God just radically transformed their lives were all on the Internet. And there was like a, a handful and Roxanne, you were one of them. Mm -hmm. And I searched and I would Google like sex industry stripper mm -hmm. or, you mm -hmm. know, call girl or a prostitute, whatever it was. And right. like you could really not find anyone. So I want right. people to know what you're doing now because you have taken what God's done in your life and, and you're a mom, you have a wonderful family, you're married and you are doing a, a podcast and television show. Uh, called the conversation, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Tell tell us about that evangelism and what God's having you do right now. You know, so God is so good because sometimes we think that when we see the Bible tells us Deuteronomy and Hebrews very clearly, God says in the Old Testament and the New Testament that He will never leave us or forsake us. 
And the great thing is the reason I'm standing sitting here before you, the reason you're sitting here, the reason people are off, a lot of people are watching this program is because of God's truth and how he'll never leave us or forsake us. And so um, as a child, I had that strong evangelism calling on my life, you know, desire, even as a kid, not even understanding it. And, you know, you think sometimes you walk away from the Lord and he doesn't forsake us, but we can forsake him that maybe it changes things. But no. And so coming back to the Lord, God just, <laughs> just started all up again. He's like, all right, let's, let's continue where we left off kind of thing, you know? And, uh, and so I, after I got saved, I just, you know, I was really blessed because I had a lot of people come around me. I, I had a really good experience coming to church and not, not everybody has the same experience, uh, but people didn't judge me and they came around me and they mentored me up and it was such a blessing. And so I felt like I was on a pretty fast track in the kingdom of God. And, um, and, um, and so anyways, th- I've done a lot of ministry through the years and then, um, the conversation, <laughs> I'm trying to revise the conversation. Sorry. I know you uh, just so have the- to come back on for that in between that we should <laughs> talk about. Just cut to the chase, girl. What are you doing? Uh, So the conversation. So I started the conversation uh, about a year and a half ago. And the reason that we actually started the conversation uh, was because I was real. I got really sick with the OG of what's going around. It really, really sick to the point where I thought I was going to die. And I remember I told my husband that, um, that I, I want to like my perspectives on my, I wanted to make sure all my perspectives were right. I'm like, God first family, like we're, let's do, let's live this life fully for the Lord, you know, as much as I can. And so I, I, I couldn't do a lot at that time and except internet stuff. So I thought, let's start a, a fresh program. You know, my husband is one of the owners of dream label group. And so it's being, uh, produced by his company and we're also part of the TVN, uh, multi-channel network and whatnot. So it's just been awesome. The fruit, you know, the salvations I started Roxanne, Grace Ministries, which is an evangelistic ministry. And by the grace of God, over the last nine months, we've seen over 600 people come to Jesus. You know, we're already wow. on the track for the next nine months to be even more. And our heart is just to see, not even just thousands, because we've already done like millions come to know Jesus through this ministry and this team um, and right. be disciples. And just God is so good. He's so good. That is so awesome. So people uh, are literally watching and listening to you and people are giving their lives to Jesus. Mm. I, I mean, that is incredible, Roxanne. Did you ever think that God could do this in your life? Like, this is incredible. Um, you know what, I want to ask you. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I wanted to ask you, what is the best advice sure. that you could give someone uh, from mm. your lived experience? Like, mm. Because I know that your experience is just so rich and so colorful, but what is the best advice that you would give someone about life right now at this point in your life? You know, it's that's I love that question because um, there was a point when I was partying and I was in that scene, and but I still knew inside that I wanted God. And I believe there's people watching that. They're also in that place where they feel like they know that God is calling them, or maybe they once knew him or they don't know him yet, but they could feel God calling them. And I remember there were a bunch of Christians that walked by one time when I was with some of my friends. And I remember thinking, remember thinking right smack in the middle when I was like on my, on my, you know, on cloud nine, right. Remember thinking I should be with them. And so if I could give any advice, it would be get off the fence, 
get off the fence. Today is the day of your salvation. You know, uh, Revelation 3.20, Jesus says that, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone lets me in, I will come in and eat with that person and that person with me. And I just want to tell somebody that's watching, listen to me. Listen to me. We go to God because He draws us unto Him. We can love Him because He loved us first. God loves you and He wants a relationship with you. Get off the fence. We've seen enough in this world, especially in the last year and a half, to know that anything and everything can crumble at any second. The Bible says that Jesus is the rock. He's the rock. He's a firm foundation. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put your hope in something that's going to stay the same. Put your hope in God. Get off the fence. Get off the fence today and, and just be all in for God. That's no so more, no more messing around. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mess around. Life is too short. Now, I want you to tell people also, sure. how can they follow you on social media and how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So uh, my social... Um, Names are the same across the board. Rocks Grace, R-O-X-G-R-A-C-E on TikTok, on Instagram. I think actually YouTube. YouTube, you can look at Dream Label Group. That's where uh, my program is if you want to look, watch it on YouTube. I'm on everything on podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, uh, you know, Google. I mean, all of them uh, for the podcast, Conversation with Rocks and Grace. And then Facebook, I think it's just Rocks and Grace. So Rocks and Grace or Rocks Grace or Dream Label Group. That's awesome. I love the fact that your name Roxanne Grace. I mean, in, we have Brown, but it's Roxanne Grace because Grace is who you are, Roxy. Seriously. Yeah. Like you're yeah. full of love and grace. And people, I think that when people see you, especially when I see you, and I know maybe even other ladies that are from the sex industry or they are stuck in the industry or are thinking about going in the industry, that they can totally relate to you mm-hmm. because you haven't changed who you are inside as far as who God created you to be, you can still have your gorgeous hair, dress cute and wear makeup and talk about Jesus. <laughs> so kudos to you, girl. I, I'm so honored to know you and you'll have to come back. I just want to thank you today for coming on today and sharing your heart and sharing the love that God's put in your heart and also your amazing story amazing story of redemption so god bless you and we'll see you next time okay thank you such an honor love you annie love you too hi dear friends annie here did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims and how did this come about well that was so simple for me because i am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.
that you've been enjoying Pink Chair, haven't you? I know I have. I love bringing on guests, sharing the love of Jesus, but not only that, redemptive stories with purpose and people giving us great advice. And listen, we cannot continue this without you. We need monthly partners for our television. Yes, TV is not always free. So if we could get 30 new monthly partners at $19 a month, or hey, maybe you're a little more gifted in the pocketbook, maybe you can give us $1,900 a month. We just need 30 new partners. You can go to pinkchair.com and listen, your donation is tax deductible. Yes, you heard it right, tax deductible. And you're also going to partner with us on bringing the good news and salvation to people. Thank you. Thank you.